Luke chapter 12. Look at verse 13. Some in the crowd said to him, speaking of Jesus, someone tell my brother to divide his inheritance with me. So Jesus is walking along the path. Somebody steps out that feels like evidently that they have a right to an inheritance. And so he says, tell him to uh, tell uh, my brother to divide his inheritance with me. So this brother is saying, my brother is greedy and he doesn't want to give me what's coming to me. And Jesus, in essence, will say, both of you are greedy. <laughs> and then he goes on into explaining. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out. If Jesus says, watch out, how many, what should we do? We should watch out. And then he says, be on guard. So if Jesus says, be on your guard, what should we do? We should be on guard against all kinds of greed. Man, I, you know, if you think about it, I mean, Jesus talked about a lot of things. And he pointed out lots of sins. But he really nails this one down. I mean, read all the things that he says. He really hits this one in a way that a lot of things uh, he doesn't go quite so harsh on. But he says, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. And then he says, life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. If we ever really grasp that, it would change our life. Life does not consist in the abundance of of possessions and how can we think that we are going to find a joyful fulfilling life seeking that which Jesus says life doesn't consist of does that make sense Jesus says that's not where life's at and and what you're doing is putting all of your focus on this what I want you to know is not just your brother is greedy but you're greedy too and here's why because both of you have come to this place in your life that you think that more and more is going to satisfy this thing that you have going on in your life and more and more will never satisfy how many of you found that out some of you've gone from poverty to the palace and in the process of poverty to the palace, you know that money doesn't satisfy. Doesn't mean that money is a bad thing. Money can be a good thing. It can keep your electricity on. Hello. It can put food on your table. It can put gas in your car. It can get you a car. It can get you a house. It can get you a place to live. Money is a good thing, but the love of money, when we put money in a place that it doesn't belong, then that's when it really starts to mess us up. And a lot of people get messed up because of greed. There's so many directions I wanted to go today. I think I'm just going to land in this one specific area, and then we'll... We'll see where we go. But if Jesus says be on guard against it, then what, what, can, what are the markers? If Jesus says be on guard, then I need to know what to look for, right? I don't want, if Jesus says be on guard, I don't want to go there. 
So if I'm not going to go there, I've got to know what to look for because if you're going to be on guard for something, usually it's because there's something that could sneak up on you if you're not on guard. Anybody ever had something sneak up on you because you were not on guard? Your husband, your wife? Just sneaked right up on you. So what do we look for? Jesus says where your treasure is, your heart will be. Where your treasure is, your heart will be. Verse 34, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be. So the question is, what am I treasuring in life? What am I treasuring? If I'm treasuring stuff, if stuff is important to me, what am I desiring? What's the desire of my heart? To get more and more stuff? If so, then my treasure is probably stuff. Yeah. And so he's saying, you got to know, if you're going to track this thing, know where your heart is. Know what it is that, that is motivating you in your life. Where your treasure is, your heart will be. And how many of you know that our heart, when our heart is somewhere, it, there, the desires, there, there are desires that come along with it. Now, I love the fact that Jesus says that he, or, or the scripture says that God will give us the desires of our heart. Jesus says the Father will give us the desires of our heart. And that is when our heart is aligned up with his desires. So maybe the question we could do like this is, how do you see money? Do you see it as a tool? Or do you see it as a treasure? Does this make sense? When money is a tool, it never has us. We use it. When money is a treasure, it has our heart. And our heart is held captive. And no matter how hard we try, it seems to always keep pulling us back to this place where we are somehow convinced that one more dollar, a bigger house, just a little bit bigger house, just a little bit nicer car, just a little bit newer car, just a little bit. And we always think that it's just the one more thing that we can add to this, 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 yeah, this desire that we have for what life consists of. Just one more thing added to the list of what life consists of, and it doesn't do it. It just doesn't. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's easier to have faith when you've got nothing than when you've got a lot. I struggle more. I've got more now than I've, than I've ever had in my entire life. And as a pastor making $12,000 a year, it doesn't take that back in the day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it doesn't take a whole lot to have more than I ever had in my life. Um, but that's kind of how I started out. That's where I started. And sometimes it's more difficult for me to find faith entrusting on the financial end than it did when I had nothing, we had nothing, and Carla and I are sitting at a kitchen table in our little 
home that we wasn't very big and that we pulled from Dungannon, I think up to Wise. And we're sitting at our kitchen table praying for milk because we didn't have any milk for Nikki. And how many of you noticed that she's done well? <laughs> she didn't run, you know? She, she, she grew up well. God provided. And, and it was such a simple faith. But now, it's, it seems like that gets so convoluted with stuff. And I'm not saying that, don't hear me say that I don't want any of the stuff that I've got. But I just don't want the stuff that I've got to have me. Does that make sense? I can remember when all we had in a bank account would be, you know, $300. And when God said, give it all, boom, we'd give it all. But now if you've got, I don't know, $30,000 in the bank, you're just praying God doesn't say give it all. <laughs> am, I, am, I, are, am I right? Faith gets difficult in those moments. Why? Because it's easy to trust when you don't have anything, but the, but the more you have, it's almost like, okay, now I start, I'm starting to trust this earth. I'm starting to trust what's in this world. And I'm losing touch with, with the fact that I am a, a citizen of the kingdom of God and, and, I, and my principles are kingdom principles and I live in this world, but I am not of this world and the way my, my principles and my heart and my mind and my faith are all supposed to be otherworldly. Does that make sense? Test the heart. Where are, where are your desires? And then the second thing is the, test your mouth. Listen to what you're saying. This one is a big one. And I struggle. <laughs> I'm just preaching to you a sermon that, that, that the Lord preaches to me. I struggle with all this at times. But our mouth, what are we saying? Listen to what you're, listen to what you complain about. When something breaks, do I say, thank you, Lord, I've got the money to, to handle it. It may take all I got to handle it, but thank you, Lord, I've got the money to handle it. Or do we just complain, oh, Lord, I've got to spend, I've got to spend. This cost me this, and this cost me this, and this cost me this, and this cost me this. And, and, and I used to be the world's worst for it. I'm not the world's worst for it anymore. I think there's at least 10 other people in front of me now. <laughs> but, but I used to go there, and I don't even know why. I'll just tell you, I don't even know why. My dad didn't seem to have any trouble. He was all the time coming home with scooters and cars and ponies and motorcycles and he always, and, and we were never rich, but he just thought, you know, he worked hard for that money and he was going to bring me a toy to play with. Big toys, but bring me a toy to play with. I remember when, I remember when I was going to prom, 12th grade prom, um, and dad went and bought a Cadillac just for me to use to take my date to the prom. And you would think we must have had money running out our ears for him to do that. 
But the thing was that money meant nothing to him in, in, that, in that fashion. It was a tool. And he used it as a tool to, to bless his family and to give to his kids. And it was a tool. Is this making sense? It wasn't a treasure. It was a tool. So I'm not really sure where this part comes in for me. But let's do this really quick. Let me just give you four or five things that I think if we've done the test, how do we make sure that we don't let greed get a grip? Ha, huh, I like that. Okay, two G's. We'll make that the sermon title. Get a grip on greed. Was that good? Or... <laughs> Number one, set your heart. L listen to this verse on, in verse 29 uh, in this same chapter, this verse 29. Do, and do not set your heart. So I'm going to tell you what to set your heart. Do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about it. Jesus is saying, y'all are worried about the wrong thing. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink. Set your heart. What does he say? Set your heart on what you... No, I I'm, I'm just read that. Look at Colossians chapter uh, 3. Colossians chapter 3. Set your heart on... Since then you have been raised with Christ. If, 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 you've been, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've chosen him as your savior, you've been raised with him. Since you've been raised with Christ, set your heart on clothing and food and earthly stuff. Is that what he says? Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Next verse. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Verse 3. For you died. For you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You're hidden. You died. You died. If you come to Jesus, you die. Right? Now your life is hidden. Where is it hidden? Somebody tell me where your life is hidden. He just told us. Your life is hidden in Christ, is now hidden with Christ in God. For God not to provide for you in his kingdom, this would have to just become to nothing. You would not be able to be in Christ. You would not be able to be in God for him not to provide for you. Because of where you're seated in him, he has obligated himself. Now, hear what I said. We don't obligate him. He has obligated himself to provide for you, but he has put a few things in there that are fail-safes to keep his provision from, from messing us up, from breaking us. You take a kid and you have, give them no responsibility, but you give them everything, you create a prisoner or one who is going to spend their life in prison. Does that make sense? But if you give them everything they need, but there are things, safeguards that you put in place to keep that, what they're getting from ruling their life, then they can be a blessing to society. So he says, set 
your heart on things above. What does he mean by things above? Spiritual things. I love this verse. Listen to this verse. Um, Verse 32, this is Luke 12, verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock. Do not be afraid, little flock. He's letting us know who we are and that he, by using that word, what is he saying? I'm just reminding you that I'm the shepherd. And do you remember what David said about the shepherd? I lack nothing, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. That is huge. But I love this, do not be afraid little flock for your father has been pleased. I love, and I got lost in that one yesterday, yesterday morning, I got lost in that yesterday morning in that that your father uh, has been pleased. He could have said your father's given you the kingdom. But then, but, but he just, Jesus, knowing the Father the way he does, he had to come out and he said, your Father finds pleasure in giving you the kingdom. It's in his heart. He is a giver. Your Father is a giver. And he gives cheerfully and he gives joyfully. He finds pleasure in giving you the kingdom. That's why Paul, that's why, uh, Paul said to the Corinthians, be a cheerful gift. If you're going to give, give cheerfully. Not under compulsion. Not because somebody's making you do it. Be a cheerful giver. Why? Because your father is a cheerful giver. He gives because he is pleased. He finds pleasure in it. And when our hearts are like his, we find pleasure in it. Does that make sense? He goes on. I've just got stuff everywhere. Look at Luke 6, 45. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Number two is set your mouth. Not just set your heart, but set your mouth. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Now listen to this. He's talking about what's stored in the heart. Whatever's stored up in your heart is coming out. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Wherever your treasure is, there's where your heart's going to be. And wherever your heart is, your mouth is going to speak. So when we do the, the, the word test, it will tell us whether we're giving lip service to trusting him, whether we're giving lip service to the fact Jesus said, don't worry, are we just giving lip service to say we're not, or are we trusting? What is your mouth saying? Lord, I can't believe this. Last week we had to buy a new refrigerator, and now this week we had to buy this. And then my, I had two tires blow up, and I've got to put new, two new tires on that thing. And no more got that done than my radiator busted. I tell you what, it just seems like if it can go wrong, it's going to go wrong. And I feel like we're cursed, and I don't know what in the world's going on. And I don't. <laughs> now that may be a little extreme, but there's somewhere in there. Some of you saw yourself. Hello. This is the heart test. But, it's, it, it, but, you, but the mouth. How do you find out if your body has a fever? Stick a thermometer in your mouth. Right? 
the mouth can tell you a whole lot of things. And this is what he's saying. When you learn that you are, oh man, when you learn that you're a citizen of my kingdom, I'm going to take care of my people in my kingdom. What kind of king would I be if I allowed poverty and people just doing without and people going hungry in my kingdom? Is anybody tracking with me? If I just let all of my people just go without everything that they need, what kind of king is that? He said, I need you to get involved. I need you to connect with my kingdom because I found pleasure in giving you my kingdom. Because in my kingdom, I've got you covered. But I need you to see my kingdom. And so after that mouth test, then what we have to do is start to put the right stuff in our heart. And so I started working. I, I mean, I, I worked hard at making sure that I was praising him instead of complaining. And so trying to start like, rather than when I catch myself, start to complain about something that has to do with finances, Lord, thank you. Now, now listen, I'm not saying, okay, it's gotta be, I gotta be careful with this. Cause some of you are gonna go home and tell your husband or wife, oh honey, we don't have to worry about anything. We can spend like, we can buy anything we want, spend on everything. Didn't you listen to Bud today? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not telling you to lose your mind and, and, and do unwise things. But what I am saying is know that he's got you and, and trust him so that when something does happen, you're going to say one of two things. You're going to say, thank you, Lord, that I have what I need. And what you, what you don't know is, is, is in the working of all this stuff, Okay, your, your refrigerator dies. And you're, you're just complaining about all the stuff that's, oh, my, my, my refrigerator's dead. I don't know what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to be able to make it. Okay, it's okay for that to happen once. You're learning. The second time your refrigerator dies, how do you respond? If you respond the same way, and then your stove dies, and then you respond, you're not learning, you're failing class. How many of you ever failed a class in school? Huh, how many of you, and, and do you remember when you failed, you had to repeat it? Some of you are just repeating stuff over and over because you hadn't passed yet. God still, he said, okay, hey, we can do this for years if we need to. <laughs> I can, I can break refrigerators all the time if I need to. I just want your faith. I want you to trust me. And then all of a sudden it comes a time where you're just like, you know what? So what? It's broken. They make more. There's more out there. Might not be able to, uh, oh, I can't get I can't afford a new one. Then get a used one. I can't afford a, a used one. Then pray and ask God to provide one for you. And somebody may just drop one on your front porch. Who knows? I don't I'm just saying, he's the source. He's got so many ways of doing it. It's a way of thinking. Yeah, let me close with this. It's a way of thinking kingdom 
It's a way of thinking kingdom way. We are, we are citizens of his kingdom. And it's, it's a way of moving us from earthly thinking into kingdom thinking. It's a way of moving us from, a, from an earthly uh, greed to a heavenly trust in him, a heavenly trust, and understand that we seek his kingdom. Okay, read this. We're just about done. Look at verse 31. But seek his kingdom, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek his kingdom. Don't you love, Jesus is a minimalist. He's not, he doesn't complicate it. He just keeps it so, so, it's just like, hey, seek my kingdom, I got you covered. Is that pretty big? That's a minimalist. We don't do it minimalist. We worry about the clothes and we worry about the food. We worry about the car. We worry about the gas. We worry about the payment. We worry about the insurance. We worry about this and this and this. And Jesus said, I know you need those things. Who do you think put you down there? Who do you think put you in a world that I know has to have, requires money to, to, to exist and do what you need to do? Who do you think put you there? I did, and because I put you there, I got you covered. But I need you to live in my kingdom spiritually. I need you to think in my kingdom principles spiritually. Think that way. And when you do that, seek my kingdom, I'll cover the other stuff. I'm afraid sometimes we sell, we, I'm, I'm afraid sometimes where we, where we mess up is, is we think that going to church is sink is seeking his kingdom. I've been to church every Sunday for how many years and he's letting me down. But are you seeking his kingdom? I don't even know what that means, bud. Good, now we got a place to start. Seeking his kingdom and his righteousness, what that means, he is our king. And he, as a king of a spiritual kingdom, there are principles that govern that kingdom. And so as we begin to seek him, the king, we begin to trust him. And then in his word, we find the principles and we trust him through the principles. Now, it's a lot bigger than just that, but that's a good little start, right? Now, this is, this is the last thing, and that is that we give. Jesus has chosen in his kingdom that we receive by giving. This world kingdom is not that. This world kingdom operates differently. But his kingdom you receive by giving. He said, go sell what you have and give it to the poor. And by doing that, you're creating yourself a purse and everything that comes to you in that is going to be held in a place where moth and rust cannot get a hold of and nobody can steal it. I got you covered. And when you need to make a withdrawal, there's only two, per two people on the board, him and me. And I come to him with a need. And he says, oh, you got a bank account full. And that's why I tell you I'm a billionaire. But I don't have access to it all. I can only access it when he says, thumbs up. But I don't have to worry. Does this make sense at all to anybody? I don't have to worry. Here's what I want to tell you. Trust him. 
when Carla was going through her brain tumor thing and we didn't know we didn't know if insurance was covering anything Amy went to battle for us with the insurance company on that one and and she won um, and then we won because she won <laughs> but I laid in bed one night before that I thought I don't know how we're going to do this anybody had a brain tumor surgery lately hundreds of thousands of dollars for the whole thing and I laid in bed one night I said God you got to tell me I got to know that I'm going to be able to provide for my wife and get her what she needs you got to tell me and he said no you got to trust me I said Lord that works any other time but it don't work for me right now. This is too big. I need to know. And he said, bud, you need to trust me. You think I would have been fine with that, but. And I said, Lord, please. Not always been perfect, but I've served you for a long time. We've walked together for a long time. Just this one time. I need to know. Am I going to be able to get my wife what she needs? And he said. You need to trust me. And then he went to sleep or somewhere. Because <laughs> it was just like it was over. And I said, I trust you. I trust you. That's my father. What do you need to trust him with right now? What do you need to trust him with? He's just saying, trust me. Trust me, little flock. Trust me. Let's stand and sing.